Welcome to Dental Brain Crops. Today's going to be a lot of fun. We are joined with Elijah Desmond, who is a self-proclaimed serial entrepreneur, uh, CEO of Smiles at Sea and the Dental Festival, motivational speaker, um, all things wonderful in the dental industry, many, many things I'm leaving out, but I'm going to go ahead and let him introduce himself. Hey, Elijah, how are you today? Thank you. As the, as the timer was clicking down in, in front of me on the screen, it reminded me of a song. Have you heard of that? that I think it's Beyonce song called Level Up. <laughs> yes. Well, yes, five, absolutely. Four, three, two, one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm leave good. it to the DJ to already be thinking of the song that goes with our experience here. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, I am the dental DJ. That's for sure. <laughs> I know. I've been watching, actually. You're out what, what, at the dental school in Arizona and then out at Heartland and then out in Florida. I can't keep track. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I literally am on a high from the Heartland conference. So we just, I was on, um, in Cancun. So I emceed oh. and DJed their conference. And literally, I got to DJ on the ocean. It was literally like a dream. <laughs> that is so great. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. <laughs> it was fun. That's great. Well, hey, so tell me, there's got to be some story behind all this. How, how did you get from there to where you are now? Meaning, why dentistry? Yes. Well, that, that's a pretty easy question. My my aunt is a dental hygienist. My okay. uncle is a dentist. My mom is a dental office manager. And now my sister's about to graduate as a hygienist. And so, you know, it just was natural for me to go mm -hmm. into dentistry. Uh, I, I also knew that I did not want to work and do like heavy lifting labor and sweat outside. <laughs> I can't imagine why. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I mean, I'm sweating. Yeah. I've got to be outside. But <laughs> anyways, it is you know, it was something that was just natural. I knew I wasn't going to be practicing clinically for a really long time. Um, but I knew that it made sense to go to hygiene school. I graduated from high state university. I actually went to school for six years, graduated early, uh, from high school at 15 and went right into college. And it was a uh, awesome experience, but I knew I didn't want to stay practicing clinically. And what I didn't know is that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And so I did my, you know, my, my years in the operatory and then I got out and started creating businesses. And so it's been, I graduated in 2009. It's so crazy. And I remember listening to people that said, I can't believe I'm X amount of years old or graduated. Now I feel like that's me. So it was 13 years ago that I graduated and uh, I've now created over 20 businesses. Not all of them worked, <laughs> but I've created now over 20 businesses, sold some successfully and uh, now I'm, I'm mentoring a lot of people. I got plenty of free time helping as many people as I possibly can to give them shortcuts. And yeah, I'm just living my best, my best life right now, I guess. <laughs> That's great. So you're hitting on something really important. Okay. So I hear you say you, you were around dentistry your whole life. You, you like dentistry. So you wanted to do it for a little while, but you already knew that you weren't going to be practicing forever yep. in the office. Right. Um, and you had this aspiration to build businesses. Two questions for you. First of all, was it like what you thought it would be, even though you're around something growing up and you're exposed to people who are in the industry, was being in a dental practice the same as what you thought it would be? No. Okay. Talk about that. No, because <clears throat> I mean, looking outside and you go into, you know, go into the office, you, you, you know, you visit with friends and family, you see them working on patients. You don't really know, know what they're doing. For me, practicing as a hygienist, 
I was, I like need something that's just going to be giving me energy all the time. That's new. I need constant interaction, interaction with people, you know, every day is, is not just enough. I need more than that. And so doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over, it was not for me and I had no idea, um, but didn't mean that I didn't love the industry. I love the industry. I love the people in it. And I love the fact that we were taking care of people. I just knew that I had a bigger calling that was outside the clinical operatory to support the people in the operatory, but I needed to be out. Yeah. And I asked that because it probably really shaped the types of businesses that you went after um, once you have that firsthand experience. Right. And so then you, the other thing that you said was that, you know, some of your businesses did really, really well. And then you also had some learning experiences. Yes. Was that like you expected? Did you go into entrepreneurship expecting that some of it wouldn't work out? Or did you kind of think that that was more of a, uh, you know, as you're going learning experience for you? Yeah. So I already knew that not everything was going to work out. And well, that's so, healthy. Yeah. So I went in with a, a mindset of I'm going to give it my all. And if I fail on, you know, two or three things and I've tried five, then I'm going to end up better than when I started. And so mm -hmm. I was never afraid to fail. That's fantastic. And, and a lot of times people get their growth stunted and paralysis by analysis because they just don't want to fail. And right. I didn't care. <laughs> like I was going to give it my all. I've seen yeah. something in a niche space. I went after it and, you know, I know when to throw the towel in, but it's not until the end. And so, you know, I've been able to pivot well through the pandemic, even with mm -hmm. that. And, uh, yeah. and, and also just learn a lot of, of experiences while creating all these businesses, um, on the way. So, yeah. And, you know, we could do an entire podcast on failure, but, um, talk a little bit more about that because when you say, well, I didn't let it get to me, I just kept on going. I think one of the things that happens a lot is, um, we internalize the failure and connect it inappropriately, connect it to, you know, our ability to see something through or, our, um, our strengths or our weaknesses, it's, it's really not connected. It's usually just more opportunity to learn and grow. So what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. Well, I think at the end, you said it well, opportunity to learn and grow. So you never really truly have a failure unless you didn't learn from it. And so some of my biggest failures were actually the biggest wins for me because they helped project me to the next level. And it also helped me to help a ton of other people to mentor them into the next level. Like, okay, here's what, what happened to me and here's what you don't have to go to kind of thing. And so it was really, really good uh, for me to go through those failures. And the way I didn't let it get to me is because I knew I gave it my all, right? Some people dabble, they have to do this or have to do that. And they don't really they put their toe in the water. I'm diving in, right? And, and, and <laughs> And, and, and if I don't make it to where I need to make it, I don't get down on myself because I actually gave it my all. And oftentimes people get super upset, but at the end of the day, did you give it your all or no? You know, and I've got this really good at, at following through on my promises and not, not being, um, not procrastinating. I've got a good accountability Ooh. system. Um, and <laughs> I love the word procrastination so much, uh, even though I don't do it. I, I tattooed that on my arm. I have motivation and determination without procrastination is the okay. key to success. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, so if you get underneath procrastination, there's probably some sort of fear of failure or some sort of um, apprehension to identifying what's really going on. Like you said, if someone's not giving their all, it might be easier, even though they're both uncomfortable, it might be easier to just be like, well, I failed at that. I'm not good at that rather than owning. Actually, I only gave 50% anyways. <laughs> Right. Exactly. So it's helped me out that I have no fear. I really have no fear of failure. So that's really helped me out. Okay. Another thing that has to do with procrastination is time. Mm -hmm. Some people aren't just like afraid to fail. So that's why they procrastinate. It's they don't have the time and, or they don't, they don't have the money yet. I'm not in the position yet. So I'm going to put it out or mm -hmm. I don't have the time yet. And yeah. something I feel that's extremely important is, is that for most people, you can get more time, right? You go to sleep later, you get up earlier, get your coffee in, you can get more time. And you, you often have more time, especially when you're doing businesses, but you have more time than you have money. A lot of people, not everybody, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So my thing is, is I'm going to use my time until I get enough money to buy my time back. Fantastic. And I've lived like this, and it's made it to the point to where I have bought my time back. Now my schedule is blocked. I have limits on when I can do things. I set my own life schedule, right? You know, I work four days a week and I work, you know, from eight o'clock until five o'clock and I've blocked my gym schedule in the middle of my day or I wake up early. And so I planned my ideal life because I bought my time back. But at first I had to put way more time in because I didn't have the money. Now I got mm -hmm. the money. I got my time back. And it sounds like a really idealistic way of doing things, but it's actually so reachable for everybody who's willing to put in the planning. It sounds like there's a significant amount of planning that went into this because fearless or not, if you don't have a good plan, um, what you're after is just not going to show up on your doorstep. Right. Absolutely. So I use something called Asana. It's a project mm -hmm. management planning platform. Mm -hmm. And I run level 10 meetings for all of my businesses. It's an extremely structured project management system that allows you to have a very structured way of growing projects in your businesses. And it has worked so, so good for me. And I need to take a step back and say, I understand that I said that most people have enough time, right? Some people hardly, they run on fumes. Mm -hmm. Now, most of those people that I know happen to be single mothers going back to college on top of their full-time job. Yeah. So, so th there's, a, there's one exception to the rule. And I, and I caught myself saying that out loud, uh, essentially to you got enough time. They're maxed, but guess what? <laughs> at, at some point that college is going to be done, Right. I feel nice. like there's always a way to push it to the next level and you push it to your next level by taking care of kids, working a full-time job, getting everything done around the house and then going to, going to college. Some people though, they don't understand. You don't have to go back to college in order to get what you want done. You can use that same time and delegate it towards something else to get what you want accomplished and reach your end game. It does really need to be a personal decision exclusive of what your mother, your father, your husband, your best friend, any of that right. thinks you should be doing. Right. So first off, you're talking to somebody with AD, ADD that chases squirrels. So focusing uh -huh. is, is, is 
I'm learning for it to be in my vocabulary. Which is why this is a fun conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so, but I have learned to focus over, over the years and, and trim the fat. Like you can put your energy on so many things, but I always start with like, what gets me the most excited? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How can I not work? It, it, listen, you'll never work a day in your life if you love what you're doing, if it's fun to you. Yeah. And so I focus on like, what's really fun to me. And I take it to an extreme level too. Like I'm almost done going back to school or classes to graduate from scratch Academy. I'll be a scratch DJ. Right. I mean, I don't know who doesn't think music is fun. Check. Got that. (laughs) Right. I'm going and I'm, I'm pumping up big crowds all over the country, all over the world, really as an MC Mm -hmm. check. That's super fun. I went out and bought a tour bus a 40 foot tour bus to tour the country one dental conference at a time and then get off and go and DJ I'm putting events together and these events are ridiculously fun. We're not, you know, bored sitting around, you know, waiting for class to be over candy crushing. Like we're actually actually having the time of our life at, at my events. Mm -hmm. And so I focus first on, am I having fun? And I focus second on impact. Mm-hmm. Right. Because at the end of the day, I have to enjoy what I'm doing. You have to be happy first. In the plane, they tell you, put your mask on. Right. Then take care yeah. of your kid. I feel like I am better in my best state of mind, essentially. And that's mm-hmm. when I'm in, that's when I'm enjoying myself. And so I've created this life where I can have a lot of fun and impact a ton of people, impact a ton of people and change a bunch of lives. And last is the financial piece. The financial piece will come. Right. But at the end of the day, if you're not making a huge impact, right. And you're not enjoying what you're doing, the finance piece is never going to come. So you'll figure that out later, but it's super important to me to essentially focus on those things. And Mm -hmm. I think that life is good, (laughs) you know, because of that, the focus. Yeah, absolutely. And even if it did come, let's say you have all the, all the financial freedom that you want, that does not always equate the the happiness and the joy and the peace in your life. And I'm speaking from experience. I can think of a time where anybody looking in would have been like, Hey, you should be great. In fact, somebody told me, Oh my gosh, you're living the life of your dreams. And I remember thinking, what is she thinking? This does not feel like the life of my dreams. But I think, you know, when you talked about failure and how you're not afraid of anything and it's, it's all about your framing. Um, I think we have the same misconception when it comes to work. For some reason, there's this negative connotation that work should be hard or work should be gruesome or work should be painful. And we weren't created to work. Work was created for us. And so like you're saying, I think it's just so important to go out there and figure out what impact do I want to make? What is fulfilling to me? Right. Yep, exactly. And you nailed it. You like When you said something, you took me back. You basically said, like, you'd be making all the money in the world, but you could still not be happy. And that was me in 2012, 13, 13, 14, 15. I was making a ton of money. I was doing consulting as a, as a you know, as a dental professional, consulting dental practices, which I don't do anymore. I'm built mm-hmm. for the stage, not, <laughs> not for the office. And I was making really good money. And, um, you know, I had 23 offices all across the country, but I had no time for myself. I was walking into negative situations where I'm an extremely happy person. Negativity Mm -hmm. pops my bubble. 
And I felt like I was a counselor. I am not, I did not sign up to be a counselor. <laughs> no matter how much money you're making, but if you sign up for something that you're not enjoying, then I don't care how much money you make. I know so many people that are extremely successful and miserable. They're yes. successful financially and what they have materials, but inside they go home and they cry and they're not happy. And that exists because they're not doing things that excite them. They're not making a big enough impact. There's something that's deeper. And that's just it. You know, what I found in my life and, and um, when I'm coaching others is that if, if there's not that self-alignment and if you're not really clear on what you're doing and why you're doing it, and if it's not matching up with your true internal priorities, you're going to have to do a whole lot of work to ignore that you're not doing what you really want to be doing. And then it becomes, you know, the traditional definition of work and it's hard and you're just going day to day kind of through the motions, but you're not really living. You've become complacent. And I really think that's a dangerous place for us to get to is just this accepting that this is just life. It doesn't have to be that way. But you know, I know you put on these really big events and they're, like I said, I hear all about them. They're, you can't even get on social media without seeing every amazing thing that you're doing out there. But I know for you, there's a really deep purpose. It's about, like you said at the beginning, connecting and connecting others to connect. Yep. So the purpose is, is community, it's community relationships and, and authenticity. I noticed that in our industry, there was, there was a lot of, uh, it, it needed to be humanized. Mm -hmm. I felt that people take the word professional way too far mm -hmm. and I wanted to go in and fix it. And so I basically created an, an environment where people could come and they can be themselves. They can be themselves and we take you as you are. What does that mean? That means you can laugh loud. That means you can go <laughs> on the dance floor and you can dance and nobody's going to be judging you, right? Mm -hmm. You can have tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> like you can listen to whatever music that you want and it's okay. You can dress differently. People are accepting you for who you are. So I sought out to go create uh, a, a environment that essentially bred authenticity and it worked. <laughs> then it worked. And, and another thing, listen, how many times you go to a conference, you might see a couple people at the bar often, a couple people, not everybody, but a couple people. Now mm -hmm. I can, I can guarantee you that a, a majority of people are actually on a regular basis or every once in a while having fun with their friends. Why? Because they feel comfortable around their friends or they're comfortable around their family. But dentistry didn't allow that environment to actually have fun, to have a good time. And so I said, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to a destination. It's going to be on a cruise ship and we are going to have the best education in the world during the day. And you can dress how you want, but at nighttime, <laughs> at nighttime, we're going to have the time of your life mm -hmm. and everybody here is created equal. I don't care if you're a speaker that's, that's one of the OGs in the speaking world, huge influencer, or you're just starting on your path or you're in school. We're mm -hmm. all equal and it's about elevating each other. Nobody's going to judge me. You can't judge me for getting up on stage with the uh, tattoos and board shorts and a tank top as a mm -hmm. professional Yep. I'm still professional and I won't judge you. Don't judge your neighbor. So that's how we kick off the conference. And it grew every single year, 30 to 33%. And we had ridiculous ratings and the pandemic came. So that when the pandemic came, I was forced to make a pivot uh, as a dental conference on a cruise ship. 
you know, you, you're pretty much out of luck. That the world came tumbling down. I made a pivot mm-hmm. and all right, I'm gonna start doing things on land called the Dental Festival, not Smiles at Sea. And we're gonna bring multiple dental conferences together with the same concept, with authenticity, no judging, and a ridiculous amount of fun. And we're gonna have it in one venue. So we have now 18 different dental conferences all at one venue in Nashville coming up is, is the next one. Yeah. And, um, and it's it, it essentially, everybody has their own conference that they go to, they get one ticket and they can go to any conference. And then the really cool thing is at nighttime, everybody comes together and has the time of their life. And uh, so you're, this is the first podcast I've announced this on. I've, I've done a lot of them. Um, Smiles at Sea is coming back though. It'll be three years since our wow. cruise. Our wow. last week, we are coming back November 4th through the 7th, and I couldn't be more excited. And a lot of people thought, man, Elijah's going to fail. He's going to have to bankrupt. That was not one of my failed businesses. I pivoted. <laughs> now I have Dental Festival and Smiles to See. So it's it's a lot of fun. It's, it's exciting things in dentistry. That is so exciting. Congratulations. That's fantastic. And I love your approach to kick off the, the event by managing the cultural expectations of it. That's fantastic yeah. that, you know, we're all here for one for. A, a lot of good reasons, but, um, but we're going to achieve that goal best by, uh, mixing, connecting and no judgment. I love that, you know, and because we all should, we all should be aware at this point that we're harder on ourselves than anybody else could possibly be. We don't need help with that. And so if we're going to be in a group environment, it's going to be a much more stimulating and productive experience. If, um, we leave each other to do our own self-reflections. Yes, absolutely. I a hundred percent agree. It's what I live by. (laughs) So this is all great news on that, um, on that front. Talk to me a little bit about, I know you mentioned you have a dental implant for DSOs marketing. Yes, absolutely. It's called, so it's called driven dental implant marketing and we're doing Mm -hmm. amazing things in the DSO space. So, you know, I, I own many businesses. This is the one, one of the businesses that's making impacts on multiple, uh, multiple platforms as far as people, the team members and the owners. Um, Mm -hmm. essentially we are providing high value implant cases to dental practices and we're doing the marketing to get those, those people in the practice. But there's one major issue in the industry right now, and it's a people issue. There's a lack of people through the pandemic. My team went from 12 people to over 40. So all those people that got sent home, (laughs) we, (laughs) I hired them internally. And so we basically do all of the marketing for them and, we take it a, a major step forward. We get the patient financially pre-qualified in advance before the patient even walks to the door. So basically my virtual patient advocates, the dental professionals that I hired, uh-huh. they do a full-blown screening. So we a consultation, they, they build a relationship with the patient, they educate the patient, and then they get them financed. If they don't get financed, they don't have the money, we don't send them. Then we put the, them in the doctor's appointments and- I mean, doctors are doing so well, you know, in in a year, you know, a lot of these doctors are 300,000 to 500,000. If you could imagine what that is for your EBITDA, right? When you come to to practice growth and and sales, if I said, hey, I'm going to be able to to generate you 1.5 to 2.5 million, I would say, you know, in regards to your EBITDA, I would say I'm in. And so we're doing this. Um, it's not a new thing. We started at the beginning of the pandemic with this virtual patient advocate program. Prior to the pandemic, we were actually doing regular implant marketing. So we've been doing it for four years and it's providing huge impact. It's giving patient smiles 
right? It's making a team, you know, feeling so happy and fulfilled because they're able to change people's lives through smiles. And we're making the dentist do less work, right? Do less, less is more, work less days, make more of an income so you can go out and do more with your family, do more fun things that excite you. And so that business is going extremely well. Um, I would say that that's probably, a, it goes my events, business for fun, right? And, and community and that, that driven dental marketing is, is heavy on the impact. Yeah, well, you know, one thing that I, I think that shouldn't be overlooked here is that while there may be other dental implant marketers out there, um, what you have in place is, is tried and true, is very proven. <laughs> the social proof is everywhere that culture is very important to you. Connecting is very important to you. People yes. are very important to you. So when you tell me, hey, I do this thing, and on top of that, I manage the relationship on the forefront so that it's a warm, warm handoff and it's a great experience going into it for the patient, that's valuable to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's been great. It's all about relationships. That business is built around relationships, just like the rest of my business, right? You can form the relationship with the patient. You can form the relationship with the office. You put the two together. It's connecting people. And that's what we do. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time today. If anybody wanted to talk to you about that or about um, having you out to DJ or one of your events, what, I guess that's three separate questions. What are, how would they do that? Absolutely. Well, first off, I'm super active on social media, you know, yeah. so you can find me on pretty much any channel, LinkedIn, man, that's got some traction in the past year and a half. I wasn't yes. paying any attention to it two years ago. And now it's like one of my main things. So LinkedIn um, is Elijah Desmond. Uh, Instagram is DJ Smiles or Elijah Desmond. Um, mm -hmm. And and then you know, there's always my website. So Dental Festival, thedentalfestival.com, Driven Dental Marketing. It's uh, drivendentalmarketing.com and smiles at sea is smiles at sea.com. And I have probably 10 more, but that's not for this talk. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do another one on those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do another one. I wrote a book made bestsellers called Serial Entrepreneur from Startup to Success. And I fight with myself saying like, all right, I'm done being a serial entrepreneur. I, I just don't want to do it anymore. I just opened up another LLC yesterday. <laughs> I oh, congratulations. I, I, wanted the, I wanted the next book to be called how not to be a serial entrepreneur. <laughs> Haven't had any luck with it yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or uh, serial entrepreneurs anonymous or something. You just right. need a group. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's an issue, but it's a blessing as well. So being able to recreate and help a lot of people. Very good. Well, thank you so much. I always love talking to you and um, this was a lot of fun. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Take care. You're welcome. To all of our listeners, keep doing great things out there and we'll see you next time. I appreciate you joining me for today's episode. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit dentallife.coach for access to additional coaching tools as well as more episodes to help you create the dental life you truly desire.